Hello, welcome back to the Life in the Wrist podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week so far. What I wanted to do today is actually talk about a film that I watched recently because there was a lot of watch spotting that I was able to do on this on this movie. So as you may know, I do a lot of traveling and so on the airplanes, I sometimes watch some of the movies that are on offer um, in the in-flight entertainment system. And what, what's really great for me is I'm really bad at watching movies. I, I feel like I always miss out on the ones that everyone is, is talking about. So um, I, I, I sometimes miss them. Ford versus Ferrari is the movie that I ended up watching this weekend um, on, on my flights or this week, this past week on my flights. Um, and what was really cool about this movie is it was released in 2019, so I'm about three years late um, to, to the show here. Um, however, I, I will say it was really fun for me to be able to watch this movie because there was a lot of subtle, um, subtle uh, indication or sort of sort of moments where the watches watches on these in individuals' wrists were really in focus. Um, so it was really fun for me to. Uh, to watch this movie and do a little watch spotting um, on the on the plane as well. So um, I'll give a little bit of a detail about Ford versus Ferrari um, and then go into the watches that were in the, the the film. So Ford versus Ferrari is a movie that was released in 2019, and the 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 the, the um, to summarize sort of what happens in the movie, it's basically about how um, in the 1960s Ferrari was really dominating the 24-hour of Le Mans race. And Ford had previously approached Ferrari to buy Ferrari um, to be part of um, to, be, to, to sort of make a, a racing arm of of, of this new uh, company, and Ferrari ended up saying no, and I think that sort of angered um, Ford Motor Company a little bit. So Ford decided, hey, let's let's make um, let's make a uh, make a race car and compete at this uh, 24-hour uh, Le Mans race. Um, and so it really takes place in the 1965-1966 where um, Ford actually participates in Le Mans. And so it's a really great film. I'm not going to spoil um, too, mu too much more detail about it, but it's basically about um, Carroll Shelby and British race car driver Ken Miles and sort of how they went about this entire um, event. It really was a, a nice movie. I'm not super, super into cars or vintage cars by any chance or by any means, but I really enjoyed seeing some of the cars and, and sort of seeing the integration of the, the, the cars and racing and also watches, which I think go hand in hand, especially when you think about um, some of the... Uh, some of the the iconic vintage watches that we've seen. So, um, as I mentioned, time and watches are a big part of this entire um, film. A lot of it has to do with timing laps, um, also just the watches that they were wearing on their wrists. Um, the first thing I actually wanted to talk about was stopwatches. There were a lot of stopwatches that were in this show, and I couldn't really see exactly what types of stopwatches they were. But it was really cool to see those and remember that uh, those were the timing instruments back in the day. Uh, it wasn't all, um, you know, machines and, and infrared and all that kind of stuff. So quite, quite, a, quite an interesting sort of look and a reminder that stopwatches were a big part of this era. 
The, the wristwatches that were worn and probably the two most prominent ones were on Carol Shelby, who was played by Matt Damon, and Ken Miles, who were, was played by Christian Bale. And of, during this era, of course, Hoyer was a very, very big um, company that was involved in a lot of the racing um, during this, this period. Obviously, you can think about you know, uh, Steve McQueen, the, the film where Steve McQueen led, um, led the way with uh, called, called Le Mans, and he was wearing the Hoyer Monaco. So Hoyer was a big part of sort of this era. As I mentioned, this one took place in 1966. For the most part and so the two watches that were seen matt damon was wearing a hoyer carrera reference 7753 sn um, a really beautiful white dial two sub dial uh, two white dial chronograph with two black sub dials so a really beautiful sort of pandesk look to it really simple you've got your hours your minutes your chronograph hand you've got your seconds on the left hand sub dial and then you have a 30 minute counter on the right hand sub dial um, round pushers it really is like the iconic driving watch um, and was really well cast especially on his wrist a lot of the times he was wearing a black cowboy hat which was obviously something carol shelby did quite often and so the black and white of the dial as well as the black strap that he used um, played well with the, sort of the aesthetics of this of, of matt damon's character um, so that was the first watch unfortunately um, one thing to note is that this watch, uh, like I mentioned, the film took took place in 1966, but the 7753 actually didn't come out until 1970, so four years off, a little bit of a of a of a mix up there. Um, but does it d d detach from the the idea? No, not really. I think for watch enthusiasts, it's a little bit more meaningful. But if you're just watching this and you you're just enjoying watches, <laughs> or you're just enjoying the movie, not really focused on the watches, um, the aesthetic sort of are, are totally fine. So that's the first watch. The second watch was um, worn on Ken Miles' wrist, which was played by Christian Bale. And of course, he was wearing a, a Hoyer as well. This was the Hoyer Atavia 2446. It's also known as the Rint, uh, after the, the famed racer Jochen Rint. Um, this watch is, instead of a two subdial chronograph, this is a three subdial Octavia. Um, watch black dial black tachymeter bezel with three sub dials uh, obviously you have your seconds at nine o'clock your 30 minute counter at um your 30 minute counter at three o'clock and then you've got your your hour counter at uh six o'clock round pushers really 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 beautiful watch what's really cool about this as well is i really enjoyed the fact that Chris, that uh, christian bale wore this watch on the underside of his wrist. This was something that a lot of race car drivers did quite often because it was easier to look at the time as opposed to having to turn your wrist all the way over while you're still still holding the steering wheel. So I really like the fact that they sort of leaned into the idea that this was a, a racer's watch um, and that Christian Bale's character was gonna wear it as a racer. Obviously, I'm sure Ken Miles probably did the same. There's probably a lot of pictures of him him seeing that as well. Uh, wearing it there as well. So, of these two watches, I guess I could say which one I would I would want. Um, <laughs> I uh, I think I would probably go with Matt Damon's the 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 seven seven five three SN. Uh, it's a little bit more my aesthetics. I'm a little bit more. Um, I guess you could say I, I like more basic watches. 
not as busy, very, very simple, beautiful chronograph, but the Altavia is actually beautiful as well. So if I could have either of them, I'd probably have, I'd probably, I'd have both of them if I could. Um, so really cool. One of the things I did, I didn't um, find is if these two individuals actually own these specific watches um, <clears throat> in real life, if, if Shelby and Miles actually own these two watches, that'd be pretty cool to see. And it'd be even cooler to see if those actually came up for, for auction. Um, be quite, quite the uh, <clears throat> quite the quite the auction if those ended up coming coming through so those are the two watches I highly recommend this 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 film it was really great great to watch even if you aren't into cars I think it was a it's a great film if you like watches it's obviously a great opportunity for you to do some watch spotting as well so uh, feel free to watch that as well I'll put a link in the show notes of this video to the article that I <clears throat> I read on Hodinkee about these watches. Obviously, I did research after I watched this um, this film, but really great there. I'll also put a link to on the dash um, because I think they also do some really great a really great job of looking at um, it from a historical perspective. So I will put a link in the show notes to both those articles if you want to take a look. If you are new to the Life on the Wrist podcast, be sure to follow us. We'd love to have you listen to us every single week. Uh, we post a, a new podcast every Tuesday, so um, you'll, you can look out for our podcast releases. Then if you follow us, you'll be the first one notified. Let me know what you think about this, this topic. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the movie, on these two watches. You can contact us on any of our social medias, and we also have a contact uh, link in our, on our website. So feel free to go over there and uh, send us a message. Um, while you're over there, be sure to check out all of our social media accounts. We obviously post mainly on YouTube, so subscribe to us over there. Um, but we do post editorial articles um, that, that cover the same topic that we create a, create a video for. So if you are interested in doing a little bit of reading there, you can head over to lifeontherest.com. There will be links in the show notes of this podcast to all of those pages. If you are feeling generous, be sure to rate this podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts and adapt this show to your liking. And with that said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And until next time.